There it is, ladies and gents. Being a leader is something that we all work at. Whether you're a parent or like me, you're a teacher, trying to inspire these kids to do some stuff is not always the easiest thing in the world. So let's learn about what it takes to be a tactical leader. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! All right, as a teacher, I'm faced with trying to teach students a subject matter that they may not want to learn about yet. As a parent, we try hard to tell our kids things. Although they hear us, they don't always listen. In both cases, a good leader is an example. A true leader takes the hard path, puts in the work, and knows that the journey and the struggle is the path to ultimate self-mastery. Today's guest is all about helping his clients find his find their mastery and develop professionally without overshadowing their true, authentic self. So let's welcome to the show... And let's talk about being a tactical leader with Mr. Zach Knight. Woo, there it is, Zach. Welcome to the program. Told you we're going to have some fun, man. I love it. I love it, man. I appreciate you having me. All right, dude, let's jump into this thing, dude. Uh, I mentioned I'm a high school teacher, got 30 plus students trying to get them to do stuff is almost like pulling teeth sometimes. And I know there's entrepreneurs out there who might have staff members, team members, and to get everybody on the same page going in the same direction, man, that is a hard task uh, that that is set in front of them. How did you get into this space, man? Tell me a little bit about your background. Man, it was totally on accident, if I'm being honest. Um, I was actually a cop here in Atlanta for several years. Um, did the whole SWAT, narcotics, gang investigation side of stuff, left that to join the army. Um, so realistically, man, I was a government worker for a long time. I wanted to uh, give back to a different community, lead in a different way. I'm a Dale Carnegie student and a, a certified Dale Carnegie instructor. So I love that leadership aspect of things. I'm never meant to be a business owner, never meant to write a book, never meant to uh, have a podcast, have all those things. And I really just got fascinated in learning. Um, it's awesome that you're a teacher. I mean, you have probably the hardest, hardest job in the world, to be honest. And, uh, I think it's a huge piece of staying on that journey of learning for me, kind of guided me to this space. All right. I think law enforcement would suck more than being a teacher, dude. Cause, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm forcing them to do stuff, but you're literally sometimes forcing them into situations, whether they don't want to, wanted to go or not, uh, sticking them in back of the cop car, which is good to know that you're a cop too. Cause I might have like some 17 year old kids kind of questioning what, uh, what the law oh, no, is. No, no, no. Back in the day, man. No, no, no. I'm out of that. <laughs> thankfully you're safe kids. You're safe. Not anymore. Right, well, let, me, let me ask you about that. Cause you said, you yeah. said you didn't have a clue really that you were going to end up where you are today. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these kids, they're about to graduate. Life is nice. going to happen to them, whether they're ready or not. And I know for most of them, that anxiety that sits in is when they don't know what the next step is, right? For the last, from kindergarten to their senior year, they knew what time they had to get up. They knew where they were supposed to be at any given time. And now life's about to change for them. Nobody's going to tell them what to do, when to do it, or how to do it. And although it sounds awesome, it could be kind of scary. What was your experience like graduating and in adulting? And, and how did you kind of move past that anxiety, dude? 
You know, it's funny. Um, the transition there, we have a lot of transitions in life, right? High school into quote unquote adult life, into college, out of college. Um, the military veteran, man, as a vet, um, I, I got out of active duty about 18 months ago. So that transition, right? Back into like the real world, um, if you will, quote unquote. Uh, it was tough. I was actually homeschooled, middle school and high school. So I never, I've never been in a classroom. I got my bachelor's and my MBA remote. So I've never been in that type of environment. Um, that transition piece was tough as a homeschool kid. Like I, I had no social skills, no social cues, no no idea how to network or, or build business. Right? Didn't have the friendship base. I think the big piece, like looking at it, leaving the military in that transition, is like the network to fall back on the community I have um, that I was able to build through different aspects. That was the big piece for me of making that transition a lot easier. Um, I actually just started a program a couple months ago called Legacy Builders, and it's a mentorship program for under 25 young adults and guiding that transition piece, because that's like one of the most difficult things. You don't know what the heck you want to do, right? And then everybody's telling you, hey, go get a job, go go to college and learn something that you're going to do for the next 50 years. Um, and I had no clue 10 years ago, nonetheless, three years ago, what I was really going to get myself into. So. All right. You, uh, you graduate, you have no clue what you're doing. Uh, you're kind of figuring it out as you go. And yet we're sitting here talking about being a leader. How does somebody who has no clue what they're going to do in life become somebody who's now guiding people on what to do in their life? Yeah, man. I, so I, I knew I never wanted to sit behind a desk. Um, it's funny. I have a desk job now, right? I, I'm behind a desk 12 hours a day. But as a teenager, man, I never wanted to sit behind a desk. I didn't want to be kind of in that corporate world. So that's where like becoming a cop came up. It's like I wanted to give back to the community. My last name's Knight. I have armor tattooed on me. Like it's a big piece for me of my personal values. So I saw law enforcement as like a modern day knight. And I had a an office on wheels so I could do something new every single day. Um, so that kind of aligned really well with me. Um, going beyond that with business ownership, it was actually the first business I owned. Um, I started my first business back in 2016 and it was really just uh, a gap, right? I, I noticed a gap in, in the market. I'm like, oh, I can do this because I have the experience to do it. So I started a company. Uh, fast forward to last month, I started my seventh business and it's all about how I'm giving back to certain areas. I found something I'm really interested in um, with each of those companies and I saw a gap in the market. Where can I solve a problem for somebody? Still in that servant mentality and trying to give to folks and uh, for me, just start a company and, and rock with it so I didn't have to have to listen to drill sergeants and big bosses anymore. Starting a company, uh, I, in my experience, uh, your episode 1059, I've interviewed over 800 nice. different entrepreneurs, man. Wow. And when I talk to an entrepreneur, I can usually, one of the cool things about doing a show like this is I can usually tell when, it, when an entrepreneur is at the beginning stages, the middle stages, <laughs> Or he's ready to to be at a stage where you know financing needs to be involved, and this is a maybe a place where you want to plant some cash. Um, when people start a business, to me, that's always been the fun, the exciting, the easy part. Yeah. Is there an idea, right? It sparks your interest. You're like, this is cool. You jump all over it. But over and over and over again, you see entrepreneurs burn out because they the idea and the shiny syndrome uh, part of that idea fades. It goes away because the work has to settle in. And, and that's not always the easiest thing to do. The work part, the, the irony is no matter what you do in life, you have to work at it in order to get better. Now, you can work into developing systems and processes so you don't work as hard, but there's still that work that needs to go into it, right? So how do, how do you get these guys to like 
you know, understand that that part or at least yourself to start a business and get past that first part where it's all work and no play so that you can develop that income stream or that that uh, opportunity where now you can go out and play uh you know what I, i've never worked harder um i did a lot of, i deployed green braids in uh, 2019 as part of the army i did the swat stuff here in atlanta so i've done the hard stuff right um as far as that goes and honestly i've never worked harder at something than um, owning a business and starting businesses. Um, right now, I spend most of my time as a fractional COO. So I actually am a business coach and consultant. I help other people start the business, um, especially in that transition phase, veterans, uh, corporate world into business ownership. I love it because like you said, that's the exciting part. That's when it's really exciting. Um, but there's a spot where you hit a wall, like you're talking about that burnout. Man, I've been going hard for six months and oh crap, this got real, real quick. And keeping people's dreams alive attached to it. But that's where uh, I read a book years ago, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. You know, if you attach your passion to what you're doing and you have that really solid alignment, that motivation is never going to leave you, right? It's one of those being a cop, being in the military. I was really aligned with my values and with my interests and my passion. I wanted to give something, right? Um, I think that's the big piece. If you can align yourself with what you're interested in, then you're not really working. Yeah, you're working. I hate the phrase, the phrase and you'll never work a day in your life. Yes, you will. You work a lot of days in your life, um, but it, it's an enjoyable work, you know, figuring out not a work life balance, but an integrated life. How can you work and play at the same time and your work becomes play? Um, to me, that's the that was the real shift in my mindset. My work became play. And I get to I now do stuff with business that I'm enjoying because I'm helping other people in my alignment all the way across has really helped. So it's work and play, not work or play for me. You said you're a, a, a fractional COO, and, and uh, I kind of want to break that down, what that actually entails, because a lot of people use different titles for doing a lot of the same thing. For example, uh, when people talk about being a CEO, right, and how uh, I, I saw something the other day where a guy was talking about how, you know, they asked him, you, you know, what's the best part about seeing it, being a CEO? And they're like, oh, I get to talk to customers all the time. No, you actually don't. You don't talk to customers at all, really. You talk to the people who support the people who talk to the customers. You don't really do that part. Or you should be. Uh, you should be doing should that, be. right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's what your role should be. So what is a right. fractional CEO? What is what is your role when you come into these companies? It's uh, You said a little bit of consulting, but like what's really the, the missing piece in these businesses where they need to contact somebody like a fractional COO to come in and kind of get them moving. Yeah. So a big piece of that is thinking, um, you know, a lot of my clients in that, in that space have right at that million dollar mark, right? They, they, they've got profit. They might have five, 10 employees, but they're hitting a ceiling. Usually that's because your processes aren't ironed out. You don't have from uh, prospect to fulfillment. You don't have that process really ironed out very well. So I would come in essentially on a temporary fractional basis, right? Six months or a year, sometimes less, because maybe you don't need that much work, but I'll come in and set up operations. Maybe you can't afford a full C-suite, like a COO on staff. I'll come in essentially as an integration specialist. So I'll figure out where the weak link in your operations are, how to make those things uh, where you can repeat them consistently and get that consistent customer experience. And then my job, the way I look at it, I look at it as a, as a coach still. My job is to replace myself. So by the end of that fulfillment period for me, I'm actually helping you hire an operations manager to come in and be that streamlined person where as the CEO, you can be the visionary out there talking. And then the operations manager is actually handling that day-to-day -day tasking for you because a lot of people don't have that piece. Um, and even on the business coaching side where it's more of that solopreneur, same thing. They have this great vision, but they don't necessarily know how to take the next step. 
that's where I really step in and help them with like, all right, here's where you don't waste time and money. Start here. Don't worry about that $10,000 investment now. You need these things to make that investment worthwhile for you. Yeah, it makes it makes a huge difference. So in, in our class, um, part of it is a lot of life skills, learning how to buy a house, how to buy a car, how to write your tax returns, that sort of I stuff. I love that. The other side of the class that I like to do is my students are all learning how to use Go High Level. I want them to be marketing mavens, essentially, right? How do you Absolutely. create a landing page? What's the purpose behind this sort of stuff? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, marketing is a big thing because I believe that a lot of businesses that I talk to are struggling with that one thing. How do I get clients in the door? And if I can teach this skill to, to these kids as seniors, when they walk out into the business world, they're like, wait, you need customers? I know how to do that, right? And that's a, that's a skill that's very, very monetizable for these guys. So I'm going to ask you about on the marketing piece. Uh, you're obviously here on the show. You're on the podcast. Um, I'm sure you do multiple podcasts. What is the purpose for you to get your message out? Why are you going from show to show and getting your and creating content like this? You know, big thing for me, actually, right over my right shoulder here, um, uh, you know, we're, we're live at the moment. Uh, my book is actually releasing tomorrow, Veterans Day. Um, so I'm releasing my very first book. Um, and it's all about it's called The Legacy of Love, A Journey of Self-Mastery. And it's all about that mindset. Um, I, you know, veterans have a very bad statistic attached to us. Twenty two a day commit suicide. Um, a year and a half ago, I was on the end of a dock with a pistol in my mouth. I at that point, I owned six businesses. Four of them were in 155 countries. Um, I had scaled one company in eight months to 155 countries through operations. I was the CEO, COO, and my partner was a visionary, and he was the guy that needed somebody like myself to do things. So I just turned down. Um, I just turned down a very large. It's an international dance competition. I just turned down a very large offer from NBC, eight figures, more money than my parents have ever made, and me and everybody in my family put together. I turned down an offer because we were aligned with a different vision and NBC wanted to step on it. Um, what ended up happening, man, like I, I was miserable. I, I built all this, I'd done all this and I was literally hating myself every step of the way. So at this point where I'm, I'm trying to get more content out there, marketing content um, and a lot of what I'm doing in my space right now from my own podcast to coming on shows to the book, it's all about how to get your mind right, how to lead yourself before you lead others. And I've seen so many people, especially in the veteran space. Um, the seventh business I opened last month is actually a, a nonprofit for veteran business owners that focuses in that same space. We essentially help guide veteran business owners where they have a community of veteran business owners because we lose that when you lose the military. I was actually medically discharged. I have nerve damage in my arm. Uh, so I was medically discharged when I got injured in Afghanistan. And uh, you lose a lot of stuff. You lose that friendship. So when I mentioned community earlier, um, having that community and the best way to build that community is by stepping uh, in front of the camera. Um, it's not a comfortable spot. Veterans law enforcement, you're told you sit in a box and you hide in the background, right? You don't put yourself forward. And honestly, it's a, it's an out of my comfort zone type of move so that I can show like one, I'm capable, but two veterans are capable business owners, small business owners are able to put themselves into their brand um, and, and go through the ups and downs of life and the mindset and the, the loneliness attached to a lot of what we're doing. Um, and I'm hoping just to move the needle a little bit for folks um, as I, I, I tell them my journey, my story, hopefully and inspire somebody to do the same. I want to I want to kind of hover on where you were at in, in your lowest state right there, because I mean, you turned down eight figures. First of all, wow. I mean, that's, that's huge. I always thought, you know, folding pocket aces is, is a tough thing to do. You literally had a lottery ticket in your hand. You said, never mind, yeah. Right. 
Um, you also had a, a few other successful businesses and that, and yet mm -hmm. here you are still in a mental state where you're ready to end it all. Like, I know there are a lot of kids uh, in my class right now that are going to feel that sense of anxiety. Like, even though it, high school ending is the beginning of a new journey for a lot of time, a lot of kids, they deal with the stress and they're like, dude, this is the end. Um, kind of give them a sense of what it's like to be in that state and how'd you get yourself out of it? How'd you switch and decide that life was the option versus the ultimate, the other side? Um, by my book, you know, I tell you, no, I'm kidding. Um, honestly, <laughs> brother, what it was for me, um, the end of the dock with the pistol in my mouth was not the low point. Um, and a lot of people see that. Um, losing guys in Afghanistan, I lost six out of 50 guys in Afghanistan. That wasn't the low point. Um, a lot of people talk about vulnerability. You talk about the operations I planned, the way I took responsibility and guilt for getting people killed because I was a leader. I, I had those guys assigned to me, so I lost my guys. I saw them as my kids. Some of them were older and younger, but I saw them as my kids. Right, That was my responsibility. Um, a lot of people see that as vulnerable, but the, the true part of vulnerability for me is not talking about what actually happened. Talk about the fallout, right? Talk about what happened after the thing that happened. So people see the, you know, pistol in the mouth and ready to pull the trigger is that was something that was a low point. And in reality, it wasn't. Um, I was two days before the surgery on my arm. I knew I was going to lose the uniform when I had the surgery. I was going to lose what I've been working toward. I was going to lose the promotion of the military I was working toward. Um, pretty well decorated from the, my time in combat in Afghanistan and, and all of that, that I've been working for for 15 years is about to leave me. Right. Um, I'd isolated myself. I made sure I was alone. I made sure friends, family, my ex-wife, I made sure everybody was nowhere near to help me. Um, got to the point where I was going to have to Uber for that surgery. Like nobody was around to even take me to the hospital for stuff. Right. Um, and a lot of people would look at that and say, Hey, that's a low point. That's a really dark place for you. It was, but the reality of it was, uh, about a week later, um, I got the surgery done. I graduated uh, from the program I was in with the military, moved back to Atlanta to start rehabbing my arm. And I moved in with a friend of mine, a veteran friend of mine, the one last person I could actually call on, slept on the sofa. Um, and one day we're talking, man, and, and he's like, hey, you've done all this external learning. You've done the Dale Carnegie. You have your MBA. You, you've constantly invested in knowledge and you've invested in outward expanse of your knowledge. But you've never looked inward to learn more about yourself. You've never looked in past the uniforms, past what this image that you present to people. You've never learned how to love yourself. And he's like, he said, I'm willing to bet if you go upstairs, look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself, you won't be able to do it. And I, I, dude, I'm the ego of ego, right? I'm top of the top for the army, SWAT, military. Like I'm this macho guy. Like, ha, I love me some me. I can walk upstairs and say that too easy, right? Walk upstairs. I'm like, cool. I never turned down a challenge. Walk upstairs, look in the mirror. And I got, I and started crying. Literally ended up having an anxiety attack fell on the floor in a ball and like couldn't could not look myself in the mirror. The one person you should be able to tell yourself you love is yourself. And I couldn't do it. Um, that was a low point for me. When I hit that right there, rock bottom of holy cow, I don't even love me. How can I expect other people to love me? I don't even know anything about myself anymore to love. Um, and, and that's like the, the, the setup for the book. There's the story I tell in the book and how I came out of that was, uh, I started a 30 day challenge with him like, hey, for 30 days, we're going to do these things. And there were several pieces and tactics attached to it a little bit every day. Um, and it is still every day. You don't go to the gym one day, do one rep and come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. So every day right. 
there are things in my life, uh, morning routine, uh, journaling, podcasting, therapy, Lordy, my therapist saved my life another number of times, right? Just finding that and learning more about myself to love myself again. That's why it's the legacy of love. It's all about loving yourself again to a capacity um, to, to gain a level of self-mastery for ourselves. Dude, that's a powerful story. You definitely need to pick up that book. And we can get it at, uh, at um, your website scrolling across the bottom, right? Be a tactical no, leader. you can't. You can't. Um, be a tactical leader. That's the uh, coaching side. Um, actually, my website, Zach A. Knight, Z A C K A K N I G H T dot com, has a link to it. It's actually going live on Amazon tomorrow morning um, on Veterans Day. So it'll be live on Amazon across everything uh, pretty quick here soon. There you go, ZachKnight.com. All right. Uh, first of all, happy Veterans Day. Yeah. And dude, that was, that's like some super powerful stuff. Um, like, the the most difficult thing I think for people to do is to face that fear. I, I literally sent out an email today as part of my sales emails, and it was about the 10 words that stop people from ever achieving things in life. What will other people think and what will other people say? Those two phrases, those 10 words are the things that stop us oftentimes from doing things. And you're literally hopping on a podcast, multiple podcasts, creating your own podcast. You're facing that fear of, I don't have it all together. I don't know all the answers. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound, but I'm still here doing it every single day. Uh, and I, to me, that is one of the biggest powers of podcasting. Not just that, the network that you build as well. My brother was, uh, we built an insurance agency here. He did a podcast called the Insurance Bro Show. He did like 80 episodes or so, networked with somebody, ended up selling off his, well, selling off his cash flow from his business, investing in this new startup. And now he's chilling at home every day. And he's been doing that for the last two and a half years. Uh, we did this other show called Practicing Polyamory because that was a lifestyle that he was getting into. Literally was able to interview about 90 different polyamorous people and therapists on the show, got the therapy he needed so that he's a happy person. This podcast space is more than just a marketing to build your business. It could be therapy or the skill set that you can develop as an individual to build upon as a foundation to grow your business. What's been your experience like as you've gotten in the podcast space? What's it done for you? Bro, that the, my podcast, man, I, I can't even, obviously I, I've made money off of it. I've made about seven figures or so off my podcast about to hit episode 400, been doing it uh, since 2019. Um, so initially I started it as tactical leadership and it was all focused on leadership tactics from business owners. It was a journey of, of learning more about business ownership and leaders in business. Uh, the first book I was going to write was called The Legacy, Leader, Legacy of Leadership. So it was all about different pieces of leadership. And then I hit my dark road. I got back, um, started things started crumbling around me. And I literally did the same thing. I actually shifted. You could hear the conversation. You can hear it in my voice. You can hear the guest I had differently. I rebranded it to the tactical leader. So it's more about tactics um, and like those small things you do every day. But I started interviewing mindset experts. I started interviewing therapists. I started interviewing and it literally shifted from what's business leadership to what and business mastery to what's self-leadership. What does it look like to lead yourself? And I had Brother, it's probably been half and half, 200 episodes probably of self-mastery and conversations about your own journey um, through the trials and tribulations. Because I found no matter what you do in business and how great you are in business, that personal side is going to catch up to that business side. And if you don't have the foundation in the home life, and again, it's not all rainbows and sunshines, but if you don't have the mind right, 
all of that's going to feed into the business and it's going to limit you. It's going to have a ceiling for you. It's going to create frustrations for you. And until you can get that side right with yourself, all the other is it's capped in a way that I wasn't happy with. Yeah. And, and we often hear him talk about it as balance, right? Balance, uh, a balanced life, but work life balance. And I don't ever like the way that sounds because it's never going to be balanced, but understanding where you are in each of those areas in life, that is the work that you need to put in. That's where, that's where your mindset starts to settle in into who you are and what you want and what your biggest desires are. So you can move in a direction comfortably with all aspects of your life, but there's no such thing as that work-life balance. No. Uh, I got a, I got a student question here. Uh, what's the easiest way you found to make money? Ooh, hustling. Um, no, uh, whew, that's a, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's an easy way to make money. Um, I think there are ways I've enjoyed making money, but when it comes to easy, um, I take it back. The easiest way, and this, I think this is probably some of the best advice I've gotten in business. The easiest way to make money is to sell the thing people are asking for. Um, that's where you talk about, you find a pain point in society, you find a pain point in business. You solve that pain point for somebody. I never meant to be a business coach. I never meant to be a business consultant. I do that full time now because so many people started asking, hey, uh, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you help me with this? And I, I kept getting asked for help. I never meant to start um, my business side is business builders. My mentorship side is legacy builders. I never meant to create a, a life coach type mentorship program. I've coached everything I've ever done. I've coached baseball, CrossFit in the military. I've always coached. So I have that teaching mindset. Um, but I never meant to create a mentorship program until I started speaking at local universities. And I had all these young adults coming up to me. Hey, would you mind teaching me what you've been through so I can succeed in a transition leaving college? And that's where that program came from. So the easiest way for me is what are people asking you for and then sell that to them. And then they will pay you all day, every day when you have that value for them. Start with the problem, the problem, the problem. Everybody tries to run away from the problems, but the problems are just opportunities. They're just so many, right? They're, they're sheep or what do they call them? Yeah. Sheep and wolves clothing or whatever it is. Yeah. Wolf and sheep clothing. I don't even know how it goes. One of the way, one of the ways <laughs> they're in disguise, man. The problems are yeah. disguised as opportunities. opportunities. So they're, they're there if you're ready to work at them. All right, look, we're running low on time and I want to make sure that people are able to get a hold of you. So if, if they want to grab your book, I know you said it before. But if they want to grab your book, if they want to have a conversation with you, whether they're interested on the leadership side or on the business builder side, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can find me across social media. Um, Zach A. Knight, my middle name is actually just the letter A. Um, so it's my full name, ZachAKnight.com. On social media, I'm heavy on LinkedIn or Be a Tactical Leader. Um, you can find that as well um, at Be a Tactical Leader, Be a Tactical Leader.com. That's the business side. Um, and those are really, I, I'm all over the space on both of them. So definitely uh, catch me there, follow me there, come check out the book. I have a couple, um, I have the the intro to the book. It's a really impactful piece. Uh, Michael J. Coles, who founded the Great America Cookie Company, wrote the forward in the book. And um, hearing the, the, the meeting between us, his perspective, my perspective, I didn't even have a clue until he wrote the forward. Um, that alone, and I have that excerpt up there, and it, it talks a little bit about the fear. We talked about fear. It talks a little bit about the fear I faced, even writing the book like a month and a half ago and going through that process and facing that fear. And I have that posted on my website. So nothing else, check that out because that might give a good idea attached to, um, to me, courage isn't lack of fear. It's facing fear and still taking action. 
So it might give you a little bit of courage to take action for yourself. Dude, but the action is where the results come in, right? Everybody oh, talks about what they want to do, thinks about what they want to do. But at the end of the day, it's not until you yeah, actually go out and do it. And and oh, yeah. the, the irony about that is you're going to suck at first. It's not going to be sure. good. You're going to struggle and make mistakes, but that's where the lessons happen. That's where you learn. You know, you're in the military, you're former military. Happy Veterans Day again, by the way. Thanks, um, and that, that's coming up. Um, my brother was in the military. One of the strongest things he brought out of it, and I think this is why you're a COO versus maybe a marketing guy, is uh, he talks a lot about SOPs. And he says in the military, they say that SOPs are written in blood because something <laughs> happened to somebody and that became the next process. Uh, and I'm assuming that's where your strengths come in. You can, you can look at an organization. You can see that they're doing something that might work. But there are no SOPs. There are no standard operating procedures in place. And you come in and kind of put those things in order. Um, really quick, you kind of mentioned it towards the beginning, what, what your, your, start, your stuff is that you do at the beginning. What are, your, what are your personal SOPs? What are your minimum standards now that you set for yourself every single day to get your day rocking and rolling in the morning and, and get it going on the right foot? Yeah, man. Uh, and it's funny. I'm not a marketer. Uh, Touche. We're all marketers. We're all salespeople. I actually own a marketing firm because I, I I can build a company. I know how to build a company, so I built my own marketing firm. Right. Um, so it, it's funny that for me is uh, the less one of the lessons I've taken in my day. Find a way to fail, and I see fail. The military loves acronyms. Um, fail is an acronym for first attempt at learning. So I see start every day. What's a great way that I can fail today so I can learn something new? But it really starts with my morning routine, man. I'm up at 4 a.m. every day. I'm in the gym taking care of my body, even if it's not what it used to be because of the nerve damage and being broken through the military. Take care of my body. And I come back and take care of my mind. I, I can't feel my hand and I'm learning the piano, right? So I can still show. I can still do something with this thing that is injured, right? Um, so mindset, um, body, though, taking care of myself first. Being selfish with that. Yes, other people need me for a lot of things, but if I don't have my hour, two hours in gym and mindset, if I'm not selfish, selfish is not a bad word. If I don't fill myself up first, I can't fill into other people. Um, and that's a big one for me. So for me, an SOP is like, I got to be selfish with my time, get my mind right so that I can be right for everybody else. Dude, absolutely crushed today's episode. Thank you a lot, Zach, for coming on the show, uh, sharing everything from vulnerability to like just the simple things, the simple things of, of even at the end here, being selfish and taking care of yourself, allowing yourself the opportunity to make mistakes, the, the importance of being vulnerable and taking action on the things that you're most fearful of or uncomfortable with. Those are all great lessons, especially for the kids who are out here uh, who are worried about what image they have because at the end of the day the only image they have is the one they put out and the only one that matters is the one when they look in the mirror and they can literally look at themselves and say dude i love myself man and and that's that's tough to do uh it's not as easy for everybody because we're all going through our own things in life but we can all improve just a little bit at a time man thank you very much for coming on the show appreciate you taking the time uh ladies and gentlemen that's all we got for today we'll catch you guys on the next one peace and we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.